Hello, good morning everybody. This is Glory. I'm so excited to have you all here. Today we're talking about the election in the United States. I have my guest here, Beth. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about Beth. Beth, she is a 20 years old veteran of marketing and advertising whose uh, special, uh, specialty was helping small business significantly increasing their net value. She's also a retired realtor as of uh, 2011, which she loved doing while partner with her mothers. As an independent entrepreneur for the last 13 years, Beth has dedicated her life to helping others succeed by building global network of consumer online. She currently leads a team of over 19,000 people in seven countries. She is very passionate about teaching anyone willing to do the work how to master a way of earning an income that leverage a little bit of work from network of people in order to make their dreams come true. That is why her company is called Team Dream Extreme. She is also a passionate advocate for preventive health care strategy, national spokeswoman for Women Heart, the only national advocacy organization for women with heart disease, an active Rotarian and past president of her Rotary Club, an ambassador for the National Cancer Coalition, and an athlete addicted to tennis and her Peloton bike. She believes everything in her life has led her to this place, and she is on a mission to support as many people as possible to have the type of success she enjoyed. She's been happily married for 35 years to her childhood sweetheart, Dev. She has a two wonderful grandchildren, Erica, who is 27, and engaged to be married in September 2021 and currently live and work in Northern California. And Kyle, who is 25, and live with the love of his life and work in Southern California. I hope you all are excited because soon we are going to invite Beth in the in here with us to talk about your selection. So excited to have you all. The podcast is on and I'm here with Beth today. Beth, good morning. Good morning, Beth. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm wonderful. Thank you. It's great to have you here. I'm very happy to have you here. Thank you so much for being here today. I want you to ask, how do you feel about the U.S. election? Um, I can't hear you very well with the music. Um, Lori, can we turn the music down just a bit? Yes, of course. <laughs> I was I was actually asking, uh, how do you feel about the U.S. election? Is finally here? <laughs> oh, I I feel um, relief. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm I'm still not able to hear you very well with the music so high. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. 
you welcome. Oh, are you still there? Yes, I'm here. I can. Oh, okay, perfect. Thank you. I appreciate it. I love the music. It's so fun to rock out to, but I want to make sure I hear your questions. So thank you. Um, yeah, I, you know, honestly, um, it's a, it's going to be an interesting balance because you know there, there were 70 million people in our country that believed that voting for our current president was what they believed was um, what they were called to do. And yet there were 75 million people in the United States who made the decision that they were ready for change. And so I think, you know, at this point, it's going to really come down to how do we all come back together? Exactly. Um, Because I I mean, I'm sure there are people that would um, argue that um, what we uh, have had... Uh, is uh, is a president who um, was seemed to be based on his behaviors and based on the things that he would tweet in the middle of the night um, <laughs> that seemed more um, interested in division than in uh, unity. Exactly. So I'm looking forward to um, more unity than division in the months and years to come. Sam here. I I I was actually excited once I heard that uh, Biden won. And that shows uh, all, all of us that democracy is still alive, that you can still win despite uh, uh, by the leadership. The peoples can still have their way to choose their candidates. At some point, I remember being afraid that they're going to stop counting because the president was requesting for it. So in those moments of, uh, of uh, as people were counting, I, I remember it did over four days. How were you feeling? Were you, were you worried? <laughs> or were you just like, patient you knew that the system would would count every single ballot yeah so great question because i think it's it's one that's definitely on lots of people's mind right like what what did we believe how did we feel how did we respond to so much uncertainty particularly when we've been dealing with frankly so much uncertainty for so long especially uh, when COVID hit so yeah my reaction was was, um, being anxious um, you know not sleeping as well as I normally do through the night um, and you know waking up at you know two or three in the morning and then checking to see if there were any you know additional states that had been called Um, but at the same time there was some you know anxiety for sure but it was much more about continuing to believe, like you said, that democracy eventually is going to win. To win. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's really what happened and, and will continue to. So I, I can't, my mother, who's going to be 80 in December, she was very nervous um, because, you know, she was really hopeful that in her lifetime there would be a female president. And that's what she had hoped was going to happen um, with Hillary Clinton. And then when that didn't, you know, her comment was, I really felt like I would live the rest of my life and, and know that at least, you know, at one point a female would run our country so even though it's not that right now with Kamala Harris um, at least we're in a position where um, a woman of color especially is in the second highest office in our country and um, that says a lot about our democracy as well exactly let's let's talk about that I remember I remember I remember championing uh, I mean talking to my friend I'm like this is the best thing that can happen to the u.s we really need to support women leadership especially in government you know last four years it didn't happen let's vote for this ticket because that will also be a way of 
riding history for our women. And how was your feeling once you heard that uh, she got elected as the vice president? How did you feel? It, it was just thrilling. I mean, really just so thrilling. And, and not just because it's a female and not just because it's a female of color, but because it's this female of color. I mean, when you look into her history and, and how she's conducted her life and how she's conducted the decisions that she's made in some very powerful positions all along in her political career, she's the right woman at the right time to be in that position. And I'll tell you, watching the, um, the acceptance speeches last night was just so thrilling. And I cried almost the entire way through hers because it's just, you can tell that it's coming entirely from her heart. Yeah. She doesn't need to have a teleprompter. She's just going to speak from the heart. And that's such an admirable quality, particularly for someone who's lived and thrived so effectively in a political environment. Now, she probably did have a teleprompter and all of those things, <laughs> but you could just really tell that, you know, it was really whoever was helping her in the writing of that speech knew how to help her express her heart. Yes. And it was really, it was really extraordinary. Um, and I do believe that her intention and her desire, as well as her actions will all meet up with one another, um, particularly when it comes to helping all kinds of people within our country who have um, not been given the opportunities that they equally deserve for way too long. Definitely. And, you know, it's not only in our African-American communities and our black communities, but it, it's people of color everywhere. And, you know, even in our indigenous um, areas, I've got friends who are really working within the, the Navajo nation right now. And, you know, those folks don't have homes and they are essentially living in a third world country within our own. So there, there's all kinds of because of her background and because of all of the, the different um aspects of life and different nationalities that are a part of her upbringing and, and mm -hmm. what makes her such a powerful woman. I, I really feel like she's going to be, um, a, you know, a very focused individual uh, with authority who is going to be able to tap into lots and lots of communities who their time has been long overdue to be equally cared for in our country. Definitely, I totally, I totally agree with you, and I also spent some reading about her her story as well, and I was very touched by her effort and what she believes in and how she fight uh, to serve others as well, and uh, and also being and, and I didn't see it coming during the um, during during the the convention is they were all going for for it to win the democratic the democratic uh ticket and once joe biden chose her i was like so what's kamala harris right exactly who is she and where is she coming from right exactly. yeah yeah and, and that, i mean all that she did when she was in california um yes. was fight for lots of different kinds of people in our country. Yeah. Again, I mean, it's because it, to her, it's all about justice, right? Exactly. It's all about everyone being treated as equal human beings, period, regardless of any of those things, whether it's gender or the color of our skin or any of those things, our backgrounds, none of them make a difference to her. Exactly. Because she, she's had to fight her entire life to overcome some of those prejudices that 
unfortunately still exist in our country. Mm-hmm. And even though I feel like the things that President Trump brought up in all of us, right, yes. in many of us, like brought to the surface things that, you know, maybe have been under the surface for mm-hmm. way too long. I'm I'm grateful to him for that. I am. And I know that that sounds strange to be to express gratitude to somebody that personally I feel like was from the very beginning the wrong man for the job. Um yes. but I, I really am because now we have an opportunity to truly demonstrate what democracy is all about. It's about treating everyone who comes to this country fairly and equitably and making sure that they are each given the same types of opportunities that anyone of, you know, my colored skin has um, worked for. Exactly. So it, it's... It, It was a very happy day yesterday. I'm just going to be totally honest. Yes. I would would like to, uh, I'd like us to also uh, take time to reflect on the past four years and then uh, we'll we'll be able to speak about the president's speech and then what we hope for the future. But let's talk in the past four years. Um, You've been in the U.S. for 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 a long time and you've grown here. You know the country very well. Uh, For those who are listening who are abroad, for example, who have never been in the U.S. and they're listening to us, um, some people might have questions to be like, how was he different than other administration? What would you say uh, in terms of those people who are wondering about it? Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, while I um, have, you know, been born and raised here my whole life, I also consider myself to be a citizen of the world. And my husband and I have traveled and lived in New Zealand, in, um, in Australia. We've spent a fair amount of time in Hawaii, even though that's still considered a U.S. Mm -hmm. part of our country. Um, But we've also, I've traveled to Thailand, I've traveled to Canada, I've traveled to Mexico. I mean, that's kind of a long list, including many places in Europe. And the thing that I have to say had changed significantly for me as a traveler of the world is that when I was going to other places, wherever I was going, there was this ongoing tension about, oh my gosh, is this person going to represent and going to be aligned with our current administration or is this person going to be opposed to it and okay. i've never experienced that before in all the travels that i've done except for these last four years where there were many instances where it was difficult to even be comfortable admitting that i was a citizen of the united states mostly because of the embarrassment of recognizing that we had a president who was willing to communicate in terms of lots of things, like not just his opinions of things, but he even terminated some of his own administration utilizing Twitter. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the biggest things that I I think is um, hopefully going to change dramatically with the incoming administration that communication with the country is really important, but communication over a social media platform like Twitter or any of the rest of them is not the expectation of the people of our country. If you're going to communicate with the people of our country, you're, you're going to do it utilizing methods that are um, more appropriate 
frankly. And, and certainly are televised or on the radio at a, spe- at a specific time so that everyone has an opportunity to participate in that conversation. And the other thing that's going to really shift for me personally is that there were very, very few times that I would ever choose to tune in to hear what the president had to say because I got so uncomfortable by the number of times that I would hear him speak and recognize that half of what he said, if not more than that, wasn't the truth. And it it was as though we sort of became accustomed as a society to hearing someone in the highest office in our land continually spewing out things that had no basis in fact. And that continues, unfortunately, with the election to continue to have this conspiracy theory out there that, you know, the vote is rigged, particularly, (laughs) you know, I mean, it gets to a point where it's almost comical, right? Exactly. I yep. had I had also some friends. Uh, I remember I remember there there is just two things that happened this year that I've never anticipated it would happen. I remember I was with a couple of my friends, and there were uh, one guy who wanted to date another woman in the group, and he went to her and asked her out. And then the girl were like, "Are you pro Trump or or not? If you are, don't get, don't get closer to me." And I was like, "Wow, this is this is real." I mean, there were really people who were worried. About by the state of the country and then yes i felt it i was like wow this is if politics can literally affect relationship this is very serious and and the other the other thing is um is also the result that i've seen like people voting in seattle and in washington state i was like wow our state really stood for something something great because the numbers just show that the people in washington state really cared about what was going in the country and also in the entire the the u.s as 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 in general seeing the numbers and people voting and 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 this this election is a the highest turnout since uh, the 1900s over a century. So what what would you say that uh, according to you, why did a lot of people went to vote? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I that's it's a great question, and, and I have to say, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that that was the primary message from the Democratic Party. From the very beginning, every single one of the candidates, regardless whether they were running for a senatorial race or a gubernatorial race, it didn't matter. It was get out and vote. Because I think that if if any of us really looked back at four years ago mm-hmm. and recognized that, you know, we, I think there were a number of us, including myself. I mean, I voted, but at the same time, I, I just absolutely had myself convinced that there would not be enough people in our country who would dare vote for Donald Trump. It was so shocking to recognize that there would be that many people in our country that would choose to elect someone who had no qualifications, no real understanding of how our government worked, and was not actually a successful businessman. He wasn't. (laughs) He declared bankruptcy multiple times, six Mm -hmm. times in his lifetime, right? And, And so that was the thing was the difference was the messaging. The consistency of recognizing that everyone in our country is enabled to have a say, like use your voice, use your voice by using your vote, right? Exactly. And and so I think that there there was just a lot, and I'm grateful for the consistency of that really important message. And I know that when I voted this year, 
And I put that envelope in, in one of the ballot boxes that I, I was able to track. So I knew it was going to be counted and all of those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I was so grateful for all of the women and all of the people, frankly, but mm -hmm. particularly in my case as a female, I was yes. very grateful for all the women who came before me who fought so hard in our country for our right to vote. Definitely. So that's what I think helped a lot was just encouraging people to get to the polls, use their voices and appreciate their democratic ability to cast their vote exactly. because it's really important. Definitely. Let's let's talk about the president address, uh, the president elect. How did you I listened to his speech? I was like, man, I, he was speaking with so much love, so much heart and the message with was to unite the entire country and people to come together and work together. How? What was your reaction to it? Well, when I could get through my tears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I, I do that pretty easily. I think I just, you know, I get kind of just so much gratitude. So much. Like you said, he just exudes love. Um, I, I, I loved his statement about giving it a chance. Right. Like really, it's because he's recognizing, too, at the same time that while 75 or 74 point whatever it's going to actually be when all the points are, you know, with all the ballots are finally tallied, I'm going to say 75 million people. There were still 70 million people who didn't vote for him. Yes. And he's got to be able to address those individuals and to still um, be able to create a mm -hmm. message of unity and belief in unity. And when you look into his history, the thing that is so fascinating about him is that despite all of the incredibly challenging things that have happened in his life, losing his daughter and his first wife in a terrible automobile accident that, mm -hmm. you know, could have left most people completely devastated. They would have never recovered from that. Well, he recovered from that. He met Jill. They were married. They had a daughter together. Then he lost his amazing son that, you know, was just beloved mm -hmm. by everyone that he encountered, Bo. And so to, to overcome all of those life-altering kinds of sadness, tragedies, mm -hmm. and still come at his life from a place of total love, an appreciation of everything that this country stands for and his willingness at 77 years of age, right? I mean, he could have easily <laughs> just slipped into retirement exactly. and said, thank you, politics. I loved you. It was great. We had a really good run. Mm -hmm. See ya, right? He could have easily have done that. Yes. But instead, because he had nothing better to do with his time, he decided to run for president of our country, right? Yes. I mean, we're so fortunate to have him. Exactly. We really are. We are so blessed to have a leader like him emerge at this time in our country's history because of his work and being a very, very articulate, bipartisan mm -hmm. creator. He appreciates being able to work on both sides of Congress. He doesn't see our country as red and blue state. He literally sees our country as one America. And there couldn't be a more appropriate time for his type of message. So I'm relieved. I, I'm taking deep breaths. I'm, I'm feeling so optimistic about what our future is going to look like as a country. Finally. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <Yay>. Yes. 
<laughs> a lot of people are AP. I remember I was uh, I was actually uh, doing some assignment. Uh, one day, proclaim uh, Mr. the President Biden as the president-elect. My sister ran to me and she was like, watch this video. <laughs> and then I was watching, there were a, a CNN journalist who was crying, was crying and, and, and was saying that, you know, today he feels good about telling his son that being a good person matter having a good character matter because we've proved it that you know it matters to the country and they, and being and being that good person really matter and i was like wow this is this is incredible and as we look into the future uh what what is one thing you you see uh in this future as we get into 2021 and beyond with our new president what do you uh, hope to see yeah i mean i i would love to have a crystal ball wouldn't that just be amazing right <laughs> uh, but what i what i see is i see see a return to compassion, a, a return to a uniform message, right? I mean, the, the ability to handle the pandemic and get it over, right? Like control what is going on around it. But when you've got a president who doesn't wear a mask and doesn't help encourage people to do the same and does sometimes, but then doesn't most of the time, right? Like there's no consistency in that message. That's the thing that I'm most looking forward to as a citizen of this country, as a female leader, as someone who loves all cultures and wants to create unlimited opportunity for any person, right? We're all human. That's the thing that binds us all together, right? And he has has the ability to create an environment within our government to make that possible again, because his message will be consistent. It will not alter day to day. It will not be based on his very volatile emotions. Mm -hmm. it, it won't be any of those things. He has a very steady hand. He has a calm demeanor. He will bring that kind of calm to all of us who have been so without that. I mean, every time they turn on the news, at least, right? <laughs> and so it, it's that ability yes. to mm -hmm. reach into our hearts again and recognize that he has, he has lived through a lot of loss in his own life. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I was really wanting to just say to your listeners and to the people that have joined us today is personally, I just want to send you all love. If you've lost someone to COVID or if you know of someone who has been lost as a result of COVID, I just really, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. I feel for you. I do. And I, it, they, you know, it didn't have to be that way. And I think that was the increased frustration in our country was that once we recognized that this president knew about the severity of this particular epidemic in advance and did nothing about it, it's possible that a lot of lives could have been saved. But we'll never know that for sure. All we'll know is that we have the ability as a human race to embrace one another and help people get over the hurt and the pain that they have experienced over the last four years. So the future to me in the next four or the next eight or the next 12 is that the pendulum that swung all the way in a direction that we will never let happen again. We will never let that type of person run our country again. We won't. 
There'll be too many things that this president, this incoming president, will put into place to ensure that the people who are able to run for president of our country again in the future, there'll be a whole bunch more criteria, like passing a psychological profile test. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> Any psychologist simultaneously, right? I mean, yes. you'd have to pass that with flying colors to start out with. Mm-hmm. That'd be the first thing. And then the second thing would be to make sure that they understand how all of the branches of government work together. And what the expectation is for working together in harmony with one another, not giving in all the time. Or I mean, I'm not I'm not talking about, you know, there, there's compromise in everything, right? There's compromise in everything. And some things are not going to necessarily be to the betterment of everyone, right? Mm-hmm. I always look back to the, the principles that Rotary utilizes whenever they are making a decision. And it's called the four-way test. So if you're ever curious about what it really means Mm -hmm. to have depth of character, I would just encourage you to look up what the four-way test is for Rotary. Rotary International is one of the largest service organizations in the world, and I love it. It's a humongous passion of mine. And one of those four principles is that it must be beneficial to all concerned, must be. And that's what I see as the next multiple years, hopefully, many, many four-year terms to follow. That will be the thing that guides the decisions of what happens next, is it must be beneficial to all concerned, not just the wealthy, everyone. Everyone. Not just the white men, sorry, mm-hmm. but no to everyone, right? That that yeah. is what, if, if that one principle runs our country, it's going to be a much different place than it has been in the last four, four years. Please, dear God. Definitely. I remember one of, one of my friends, as I was chatting with him, and he mentioned something. He said one of the things that was very important to him was having empathy it's at the head of government because that's something that we've missed for the for the past four years. We the messaging was more hurting and divide uh, was dividing people than hearing a message of union and empathy. Especially what happened to the at the border for a lot of people. I watched some Netflix uh some Netflix documentary. I was shocked to realize what was going on and I was like my god and and I think that also motivated me to really tell my friend you know where where are you landing in this issue what are you seeing what what are your views about this because uh before that I never really invest myself into politics and and talk about it but this I think was a wake-up call for me and I was like wow we there is something that must be done and what can we do and I remember even having nights and speaking with friends and 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 understanding how they were feeling at work and and people were sharing as we were sharing across I realized that wow it's a it's a different it was a different a different uh, experience for people and I and looking forward one of the things that I'm just happy is that at least we'll would have a president that we will that would tell us the truth the way things are and that is one thing about biden that i have confidence in in his character and his ability to own it and 
share it the way it is and and really bring people together work together i remember uh the wife of uh john mccain who came up and was it was supporting biden and was like the reason why he was supporting him because he has this ability to go across the aisle to work together with people despite of their their uh affiliation whether republican or democrat he had that care for the country and for me i was like wow this is a, a statement to to this man and I'm willing to support him and I'm glad the country did and I'm very happy looking forward for the children and everyone and I'm so excited I can't wait uh I can't wait to see him being um the president uh in and so is his work as well I was actually thinking January I might go to DC to just witness <laughs> the I know I'm feeling the exact same way in fact yeah. our 36th wedding anniversary is the 21st of the month and so I'm there with you I would love to be in that audience observing him um taking that oath because you know he he's worked a lot of years in his life to become president of our country. And when Hillary Clinton was the one who stepped in, um, you know, in 2016, he backed out because he really felt like that was going to be an appropriate time to have a female president in our country. And, you know, and he also made a run at it in 2008. So, you know, it, it's pretty interesting process that he's gone through. So uh, not 2008, sorry, uh, 1992 <laughs> was the last time. But anyway, he, he's just, he's an extraordinary human being and empathy is um, it just happens with people who go through as much tragedy as he has in his life and yet continues to move forward. And he would tell you, I, I think, based on his speech last night, that has everything to do with his faith. Exactly. That, you know, without that, he would not have been able to overcome the things that, um, you know, would have brought a lot of people to their knees. And instead, you know, because of the power and the strength of his faith, he's been able to recognize that, you know, that this was the, that this was in, I, I'm pretty sure he would agree that this is the will of God, that this was his path. This was where he was supposed to be and he was called to be here. And again, I'm so grateful. Same here. Yep. Beth, as we're reaching the end of our podcast, I'd like to give you an opportunity to share with our, our listener um, a little bit about uh, the message, the takeaway for today, and how they can also get in touch with you. I think that's also an important point as well. So you have the floor. Oh, you are so sweet. Well, thank you so much, Gloria. I always appreciate our conversations. I always learn something extraordinary, and I always feel so blessed to uh, to call you friends. So thank you. Um, you know, I would say that the ultimate message here is hope, that we have a hope now for a future that um, we can be proud of, that our children can be proud of. And as they watch and we watch um, what unfolds in the next few years and um, just getting this ship righted, that I would say that the takeaway really is hope for our future. And uh, some of us haven't experienced that for a while. Um, but uh, it, it feels incredibly optimistic to me. And um, I'd love to speak with any of you out there um, that, you know, might have uh, questions or, or want to uh, just be in touch to, you know, share your stories and, and uh, you know, share the just the love of 
of what we're all experiencing today. And the easiest way to do that um, is either via email or my cell phone. Um, my email is um, beth at masterthenewway.com. That's all lowercase, beth at masterthenewway.com. Or my cell phone, which is 206. We're in Washington together. Four five nine two eight five four, and I would welcome your your input and uh, hearing your stories. So thank you so much, Glory. You welcome, Beth. As thank you, everybody who've been here and been listening. As you guys can see, we were with Beth today, and she shared a lot of good message for with us today and we will continue to inspire enlighten and empower every single listener in this podcast thank you for being here with us we look forward to speaking with you soon